1: and hearts strangely warmed. Now here is John Carter with today's message.
0: Hello, friend. I'm John Carter. Welcome today to the Carter Report. I'm here in the great city of Los Angeles, and I'm glad to welcome you a part of our worldwide audience. Today is a tremendous topic. You know, we live, many people tell us, in a post truth era, Well, lots of people don't even believe in the concept of truth. Today, we are talking about ultimate truth and ultimate reality. We believe that facts are important. You can't have your facts and I can have my facts. No, the facts are the facts. And today, we're talking about the truth, the truth of how a person can be saved We're talking about the true gospel and more than that, we're going to talk today about the gospel which is as false as sin. And so I'm glad today to welcome you wherever you are in Australia, across this great land of the United States of America, in the Philippines, right around the world. Welcome today. The year was 1992. I was in Russia. I'd run a big campaign in in Moscow the year before. Big campaign preaching the truths of God. But now I was in the city of Nizhny Novgorod. I met with a group of believers. I was about the first foreigner ever to come to this city because this city had been declared by Stalin to be a closed city. Uh, People were just isolated there. You couldn't go in and you couldn't go out. I met with the remnants of the Christian church there. Those folks, after the reign of communism for more than 70 years, they were tremendously poor and they were very, very hungry. I preached to this great congregation of people. We did something different. Instead of taking up an offering, we put offering in the baskets. We put money in the baskets and we said to the believers, We know that you're going through a really tough time. We want you to take out what you need. They were sort of amazed. And then as I preached the story of Christ and the love of God, something amazing happened. I'd never experienced this before. Never felt it in America, never felt it in Australia. But there I was with this group of believers who had survived the communist Holocaust the middle of winter, and I was, it was cold, but all of a sudden I was immersed in warmth. Quite amazing. I felt the warmth. This was repeated in various cities in the old Soviet Union when I met with these suffering believers. I felt an amazing warmth. I felt an amazing love. I'd never felt so much Amazing love in all my life. I felt, I believe, the presence of God. An amazing experience. Have you ever had that experience? My topic today is a very important one, one which is often misunderstood. My topic is holiness. Holiness. The big letdown and hearts strangely warmed. What am I talking about, this big letdown? Well, we're going to talk about that as we move along today, so just hold on. Holiness is not pious frigidity. Have you met some people who go to church and they're as cold as an iceberg? We're not talking about playing church today. That's a game that some people play. It's called playing church. But we're talking today about how God quietly melts the ice of frigid hearts. I'm going to start with a couple of texts. I'm going to come over here firstly to the book of Hebrews. And if you can, I'd like you to get a Bible and I'd like you to follow these texts because I don't want you to believe it because I'm saying it. I want you to believe it because you are totally convinced. I'm going to turn to... Hebrews chapter 12 and verse 13 and 14. Hebrews chapter 12 and verse, uh, let me see, 13. The Bible says, Make straight paths for your feet, so that what is lame may not be dislocated, but rather be healed. If this book is not healing you spiritually, it's because you're reading it the wrong way. And then verse 14 says, Pursue peace with all people and holiness without which no one will see the Lord. The Bible says, if you don't have genuine holiness, you're not going to see God. This is a pretty strong talk. So this means no lying, no cheating, no stealing, none of that sort of stuff. The Bible says, without holiness, no person is going to see the Lord. And one of the most amazing texts of all is Matthew chapter 5 and verse 20, the words of Christ, the most holy person. Matthew chapter 5 and verse 20 says, For I say to you that unless your righteousness exceeds the righteousness of the scribes and Pharisees, you will by no means enter the kingdom of heaven. This is... An extraordinary statement. Jesus said, he said this to his disciples, unless you are more holy than the scribes and the Pharisees, you are never going to enter the kingdom of God. And in the eyes of the vast majority of people back there, these people were the very essence of holiness and righteousness. They were the big leaders of the church, the remnant church of their day. And Jesus said, unless your righteousness, unless your holiness is greater than the scribes and the Pharisees, you're not going to be saved. So what was Jesus, what was he talking about? Let's talk a little bit about, What God is like. What is God like? What is your God like? Well, my friend, the Bible teaches that God is a holy God. I want you to hear this. God is a holy God. God is not a fraud. God is not a sham. God is not a fake. God is a holy and a righteous God. And the Bible says... He is a holy God who is full of love and warmth and compassion. Are you listening to me? I was preaching to another great crowd. I I think it was, I've had this happen only on three or four occasions, but I was preaching to a great crowd over in Siberia. And as I was talking to the people and pouring out my soul and trying to preach the gospel of Christ, once again, It seemed as though I was immersed in a sea of tranquility and a sea of love. When I went to Ukraine and spoke to a tremendous crowd there in the great city of uh, Kiev one night as I was appealing to that vast audience, people who had been atheists and communists, once again it came upon me. It was as though a mantle of warmth had been dropped upon me. I think it was God. On one occasion, I was up in Papua New Guinea in the great city of Port Moresby with my magnificent team. I've got just the greatest team that you'd find anywhere in the world. So dedicated and so full of love. And one night there, we had a, a supernatural experience because a great white dove not found in that part of the world When I was preaching on the Holy Spirit, he came in across the audience. The people were were amazed and dazed at the power of God. And as I was preaching to those people, once again, the mantle came upon me. How can you describe this? This has never happened to me in Australia. It has never happened to me anywhere in America. It happened there in Papua New Guinea, and I felt relaxed. All the tension was gone. No worry, no worry. Just immersed in warmth and love because God was there. Now, let me give you something which is pretty important. How people have understood these texts that talk about the call to holiness. Without holiness, no one shall see the Lord. Unless your righteousness is better than the righteousness of the scribes and the Pharisees, you're not going to make it. So how have people understood these passages, the call to holiness? Let's talk a little bit today about the theology of our beloved Roman Catholic friends. I was brought up with a Roman Catholic father, so I love Roman Catholics. The Roman Catholic Church, now I don't want to lose you, but the Roman Catholic Church talks about infused righteousness. And they say that when God justifies a person, he infuses the soul with his righteousness. And God gives it to us a little bit by a little bit. We get a little bit more every day. And each day we are getting better and better. And each day we are getting closer to God. And finally, after a lifetime, and maybe after we've gone through purgatory also, I have got enough of God's perfection and I can see the face of God. You say, no, 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 nobody. Yes, 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 yes. This was believed by that wonderful person, that that tremendous missionary whom we appreciate and respect and Admire Mother Teresa. Mother Teresa went through her life with this concept of infused righteousness, where God makes us every day a little bit better and better. And so I'm getting better and better. And finally, I am sinless. And Jesus takes me home to the Father's house. That's called uh, infused righteousness righteousness. Now I've known lots of folks who believe this. If you go back to the days of Martin Luther when he started out because he was a Catholic priest, he believed this. I've even known lots of folks in my own church who have believed this. Uh, I was brought up with a theology. I was brought up in Australia and I was brought up in the church and I was brought up to believe this. I just didn't want to die anyway along the road because uh, I wasn't good enough. And so my theology was one of getting more like God and getting better and better every day. And at last I would be sinless and I would get through the judgment and uh, I would be saved. Lots of people, millions of people believe this. I was the pastor of a great church in Sydney, the Warunga Church, many years ago now. I was preaching on this topic one day before this wonderful congregation, this marvelous church, this powerhouse of apostolic Christianity. One morning at three o'clock in the morning, there was a knocking on my door, an anxious knocking. I brought the young man in. I said, What's what? He said, "I, I can't sleep. I said, well, you're knocking on my door. Of course, you're one able to sleep if you're knocking on my door at three in the morning. He said, you don't understand. He said, I'm not good enough to be saved. And he said, I'm praying, I'm praying, I'm up all hours of the day and the night, and I'm praying that I will become holy and I will become righteous and I will become sinless And he said, I haven't attained to this yet. And unless I do, I am going to be lost. I have met many people like that young man. That young man became so discouraged by the doctrine of infused righteousness, I talked to him, I poured out my soul. But apparently to no avail. Because sometime later, he went out and took his own life because he could not live with the concept of an angry God who demands of us sinners a state of sinlessness before we can be saved. That, of course, is the theology of our friends in the Roman Catholic Church, not all by any means. You see, they teach that justification now listen to this they teach that justification makes me righteous you say that sounds pretty good no my friend it's the devil's lie did you hear what I'm saying my friend I'm talking today from the bible they believe that justification is the work of God that makes me righteous But I'm here today to tell you that when God justifies the sinner, the word does not mean uh, to make righteous. It means to declare righteous because of the merits of Christ who died for us on the cross. Let this sink down into the molecules of your mind, my friend. And so it has been taught, it has been taught, that God is going to have a final generation. And that final generation is going to become exactly the same as Jesus in sinlessness. And then Jesus is going to come back because at last we're good enough. Now I'm going to quote from a great church leader, a great theologian, a great church historian, and I'm quoting his book, Prophets in Conflict, and I'm quoting the great scholar Dr. George Knight. This book is published by Pacific Press. Listen to this. Andreason. Now this could be said of many churches. Andreason, Adventism's most influential theologian in the 1940s and the early 1950s, held that the responsibility of the last generation of Seventh-day Adventists was to vindicate God through living a perfect or sinless life. They had to become just as sinless as Jesus. You say, nobody believes it. Well, I was brought up on this. I've been a pastor for about 58 years, so I know a little bit about this. I have a practical relationship. I've met so many, many people who were brought up on this theology. And then Dr. Knight quotes the theologian and reason. Men are to follow his example and prove that what God did in Christ, he can do in every human who submits to him. The world is awaiting this demonstration. When it has been accomplished, the end will come God will have fulfilled his plan. So God cannot come and take us home to glory until we attain to this sinless perfectionism. What a burden for people to carry that Jesus can't come back until we are all absolutely as sinless in the flesh as Jesus was. I want you to think about it you believe it my friend because that is not the teaching of the Bible let me talk to you just a little bit about the Pharisees the Pharisees some of you have been listening to me for a long time you know I've talked about the Pharisees they originated in the days of Antiochus Epiphanes who was a pagan king who came into the Jewish temple and offered up a a sacrifice actually a pig he desecrated the temple Uh, the Maccabees fought him, a group of Jews. They fought him and they actually beat this pagan king who came down like a wolf on the fold from Syria. But there came a group of people who got around the Maccabees and they said, we're we're not going to let this ever happen again. And they were people who separated themselves from the world. They said, we're not going to be a part of this apostasy that happened in the days of Antiochus Epiphanes and they became known as the Pharisees. The people who wanted to be separate from the world, they had this theology, bad things happen when we broke the law, therefore good things will happen when we keep the law. And they believed this. I want you to listen to me. They actually believed that when Israel became sinless and they kept the law of God perfectly, then the Messiah would come and the kingdom of God would come upon the world. And so the Pharisees believed in righteousness through keeping the law, of course, with God's help. So who were they? Well, they were the defenders of the faith. It's good to defend the faith. They were zealots for truth. They were outwardly pious. They were like two men in Brisbane that I saw falling on their knees to make a public display. Later I discovered they were defrauding innocent people. So signs of outward piety are sometimes just that. But God demands holiness inside. Are you listening to me? Almighty God requires holiness inside. There's a story. Moody, the great evangelist, told the story of a farmer who had a well and the well was full of poison. And they told the farmer, your well has got poison inside. Moody tells the story how the farmer, <laughs> this is true, Moody said it. He said he got a some whitewash and he whitewashed the pump, Mm-mm. pumping up the poison. If you've got a, a well with poison, my friend, it's no good whitewashing the pump. You've got to get inside and you've got to clean it out. You listening to me? A lot of people today, a lot of politicians, they're whitewashing the pump. A lot of preachers are whitewashing the pump. But we need more than this. We need holiness inside we need the warmth and the love of God inside you see now I want you to notice a text I want you to come over here with me to the book of Philippians dear hearts and gentle people come over here to Philippians chapter 3 and I'm going to read you this text that was written by one of the greatest of all the Pharisees who found Christ he said though I also might have confidence in the flesh hey I'm a big guy in the church if anyone else thinks he may have confidence in the flesh, I more so circumcise the eighth day of the stock of Israel, of the tribe of Benjamin, a Hebrew of the Hebrews. Well now, what a pedigree. Concerning the law, a Pharisee, concerning zeal, persecuting the church, concerning the righteousness which is in the law, blameless. Here was a man who kept the law of God in his estimation perfectly. He was a person who believed that you could only be saved by attaining unto righteousness through obedience to the law. But while he was believing this theological concept, he was killing people, he was murdering people, and so many people who are super religious are talking religious jargon while they are guilty of killing people. This is the great delusion. And later on, God gave to the Apostle Paul or to Saul a supernatural revelation of the gospel of Christ. And he discovered we are not saved by the law, was saved by Christ. Righteousness by obedience. But whatever happened to love? Uh, My own upbringing, do this, do that. A big emphasis on man-made rules, I was brought up on it. Big on little things, little on big things. And this always leads to a big letdown why do so many people leave the church, especially young people? It's because of lack of gospel. Man made rules, uh, authoritarianism, uh, do this, do this, do this, do this, do, 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 cock a doodle do. Little popes, authoritarian bullies. Uh, now we see this in parts of the Church Universal around the world. Most modern day Pharisees who believe in salvation through their obedience with the help of God are either very depressed or deluded and proud. Very depressed because they know they're not making it. They're honest and they know that they're falling short. But some people absolutely deluded and they think they are in themselves righteous and holy. Have you met them? They're not good to be around. They don't attract people. I was asked to be the night speaker at a great conference in Minneapolis. This was a hundred years after the great famous 1888 Minneapolis conference. And so in 1988, I was preaching there in uh, Minneapolis. But as I went into the meeting, there were some people standing at the door out in the snow. It was cold. And they cried out to me, and they said, don't you go preaching that heresy that people can be saved by grace and through the blood of Jesus. You've got to become sinless. They said, we don't want any cheap grace. You've got to become sinless. I said, like you? They said, sure, like us. Now today we're talking about getting right with God. We're talking about holiness. We're talking about wholeness. We're talking about the warmth of the love of God that gets inside a person's soul and that melts the ice. This will save your soul. Talking great truths. Not fake news, we're talking the truth of God. And we'll be back in a moment. Stay with us, please.
1: The Carter Report is now streaming on demand for you. Now you can have the teachings of John Carter anytime, day or night. By streaming the Carter Report, there is more content for you to choose from, and it's easy. If you are new to streaming, all you need to do is purchase a streaming device. It doesn't really matter which one. You can buy a Roku, Amazon Fire, or Apple TV from any major retailer. You, or a family member, can plug the device into your TV and sign into your internet connection, do a search for the Carter Report, and download the app to your device. From then on, your device and the Carter Report app can provide you with hundreds of on-demand programs. You can also take the Carter Report with you wherever you go. The official free Carter Report mobile app can be downloaded to your phone or tablet. Go to the App Store or Google Play Store and download the app. Additionally, you can find Carter Report programs on your favorite podcast. You can also watch us on Vimeo or YouTube. Type the Carter Report in the search box. You can watch hundreds of uninterrupted John Carter teachings, whenever you want, for as many hours as you want. Travel with John Carter as he circles the globe to bring the Gospel to millions of people. Watch the Carter Classics from over 50 years of ministry, and gain knowledge from stimulating interviews with Christian leaders. You now have multiple ways to watch the Carter Report, and once you start streaming, you'll find comfort in having these teachings readily available to you, whenever and wherever you want, for free. Welcome to the inspirational world of John Carter. For a copy of today's program, please contact us at P.O. Box 1900, Thousand Oaks, California, 91358. Or in Australia, contact us at P.O. Box 861, Terrigal, New South Wales, 2260. This program is made possible through the generous support of viewers like you. We thank you for your continued support. May God richly bless you.